Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Nerd Soup Podcast, but it's not a podcast. It's actually just a review for Invincible, but it kind of is a podcast because it's audio only. Episode 6, you look kind of dead. Me? Yeah, it's the title and also what I just uh, came up with to say to you. (laughs) It's been a long morning, huh? Yeah, it has been. Well, you were out there celebrating at uh, Penn Station last night. Yeah. Celebrating that next one. Yep. I'm, uh, you know, four seed is the new championship pretty much it felt like 2016 game seven i was like oh this is what the warriors and Cavs felt like <laughs> got it but yeah invincible episode six what a world continuing this crazy what a world and invincible right continuing this crazy fucked up story with all these threads and it just gets wackier by the episode um and episode six was no different it begins with mark amber and his friend will william on a college trip and yeah, you don't know him by will yet no i don't know him by will he's will to mark he's william to us <laughs> uh that was quite the college trip quite the experience <laughs> getting the full campus lifestyle there yeah i miss college right. it was a good time and spontaneous didn't, biological did, yeah didn't have any of those no. so i feel like i didn't really get the real college experience but mm-hmm. you know when some you lose some right and it's a gesture by mark asking amber to come along it's something that kids enjoy, right? And that's what this show, it is balancing through Mark, the the lifestyle of a teenager and the lifestyle of a superhero. And they just keep crashing into each other. But yeah. their relationship, it's on the rocks. <laughs> yeah, it's been better. Right. I mean, uh, the way Amber was looking at that frat dude, man. Oof. Tough, tough, tough break for Mark. Down bad. Yeah. yeah. Down real bad. Um, But, yeah. That's this- the moment, right, where he's got a chance to go and maybe talk to her, maybe tell her who he is. But... Will, I think by now I can call him Will, gives him the call and says, hey, you know, I, I need some help here with these fucking murder cyborgs. <laughs> yeah, those things are a problem. Mark keeps getting his ass kicked. Right, that's a reoccurring thing, is that he's a superhero, but he hasn't won yet. He keeps getting bailed out. He either gets his ass kicked or or he gets bailed out. He reminds me of Green Lantern in the animated movie when he attacks Darkseid, he just swipes him off and the parademons just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Or even when he tries to fight Superman. And Superman just fucking turns him into a pretzel. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they keep going back to that, that this guy on his own, like, he, he sucks. Like, he truly does suck. The power scaling suck. of this universe. He's awful. He's learning. He's Andrew Wiggins. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. No, he's, he's learning, potential. right. He's Giannis. Yeah, he's yeah, okay. He's Giannis the first few years before he really took off. Okay, maybe. That's... He's got a lot to learn. Yeah, he got a few years, you know, good coaching, you know. Once he grows into his body and his skill set, he becomes the MVP. Well, even because um, it, it begins with all of them in the hospital. His dad, when he wakes up, he, he says, I knew that wasn't going to take you out. Like, I knew you could handle that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I truly wonder if he did. Like, this is just a, a lesson. Like, he's just teaching him lessons. Yeah, Nolan continues to be the most fascinating character in the show because, especially in this episode, when he when he obviously hears... Uh, that his wife and the tailor know that what happened. And I think that that kind of says something about him. We've been confused about this character because sometimes he seems like a great dad and uh, a good person, but obviously we know what he's done. And I think someone who was truly pure evil would have just killed him because he knows too much. Instead, you know, he strongs arm him a little. Like, I know, you know, you know, be careful because I'm, I'm Omni-Man. Right, even when, uh, like, he's being uh, antagonized by Damien Darkblood a few episodes back and the last thing he says to him is just, go fuck yourself. It is like he is just holding a secret from everyone. He's keeping tabs on people that may be trouble, that may expose what he did, but like you said, he just doesn't go out of his way to 
take out this this individual, Mark Hamill, Rosenbaum, the the tailor for all the superheroes. Yeah, he killed the fucking Guardians. I mean, <laughs> I think that... That's the thing. It, it feels so strategic because that's what they were trying to figure out, right? Debbie and Rosenbaum, who threw the first punch. Right, and that was kind of cool how they like pieced together. Like That was the... Yeah, that's from uh, War Woman's Hammer, and that's from Red Rush because of the friction burns and things yeah. like that. So... Yeah, she and they have that that confrontation where he comes home and she's she's just absolutely lit. Killed that like Maybe that was that's a, that was a full glass of wine and she kind of they keep saying much she doesn't to... have powers. I mean, if that's a superpower. I'm call me fucking Superman. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the best part of the episode was that dynamic between Nolan, and Debbie and the Taylor and kind of them putting the pieces together and him having to now we talked about this last week. Like, what's his explanation going to be? How is he going to spin this? Yeah, I don't even think he has to spin it. I think he might just come out and tell them the truth. I, maybe he'll believe that they can handle the truth. It's kind of like a mafia boss coming out to the family, be like, yeah, I'm not in construction. I'm in the mob. Um, and this is why I had to do it. Like, mm-hmm. I still love you. I'm, I'm, I don't think that I'm a bad person, but maybe it is one of those situations. I, I, th- I still think it's going to go back to his planet. Like, when we got that friendly explanation of where he comes from and what they do oh we just travel around the world and help people advance like obviously not yeah they like um la- the latter-day saints of the galaxy <laughs> except they they've got some other ulterior motives here yeah and i think that's one of the more interesting things and developments that a lot of fans are looking forward to to learning by the end of the season is what his true motives are why he did it and what are his intentions? So yeah. um, we'll probably see that play out over the next couple episodes. So Maybe he should be training his son, focusing on that, because Mark got, like you said, he got his ass kicked by the first cyborg, who was voiced by Justin Roiland from Rick and Morty. <laughs> Did you notice that? No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, and they made him a little drunk. He burped a few times. <laughs> he was funny. I thought that was a funny cold opening. He's just I'm fucking Heston or whatever his name was, uh, but that was that was just a uh, once again the fight sequences are, are so great, but the end of that fight when the cyborg starts to put it together what he is and he just his first instinct is to kill himself. This show the way that they use the R rating we mentioned it last week it, it can get very bloody. There's a lot of body horror in this show, so and those moments just seem to come out of nowhere. If the guy's putting it together and then kills himself yeah especially the ending was sad too when william's trying to appeal to to rick and he kind of breaks through to him and that's what saves them because like you said mark was getting his ass kicked um it just rips out the back of like his control module yeah i hopefully he's okay i mean that's sad because we saw a piece of his brain on the table so i wonder if he's ever going to be back to normal they seem to have the pretty pretty good technology but right um, and that character da sinclair was voiced by uh ezra miller I thought he was very good in this role. Oh, the uh, weird scientist yeah, guy? Yeah, yeah, the scientist. What a like, dick. That's a guy who watches anime. That's a guy who knows to, to incorporate some some interesting quirks to his character through a voiceover performance. You know, it's you can hear Ezra Miller in there, but it's it's clearly a character. And yeah, no, he was an asshole. <laughs> I always hated those people in school who, like, had to question the professor or had to speak up just to hear themselves talk. Yeah, I mean, his point wasn't that great. Just trying to justify his, you know, saying that humanity has limitations. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting because at the end of the episode, well, not the end, but at the end of the, when they bring him in, Cecil makes a point to 
bring in this technology and study it because yeah. they realized that Mark was being overwhelmed once again, just making contingency contingency plans for the Viltrumites, for yeah. Omni Man, for the big guy. Um, but yeah, he was a he was a real dick, and all, what he was doing to these characters, like you said, it is it is very disturbing. And and you feel some type of way when William is making those pleas. That was a brutal fight. We seen Mark's been getting more brutal too. We saw it last episode and this episode when he fucking slaps the guy's jaw off. You know, he's, I thought he was dead. Like no way he survived that. But yeah, his jaw that was that was a little gross yeah, too. Yeah, no, it was gross. And he apologizes to Cecil. It's like he just lost it for a second. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, I. I think it's going to get to the point where maybe Mark actually kills somebody on accident. And I wonder what that will do to him. Because we saw a different side of him at the end of the last episode with that fight and now this episode. So there seems to be a, not, not a growing brutality with him, but kind of losing it in the moment at times. Yeah, I wonder. Or not I, really understanding his power yet. Yeah. In this episode when, you know, William deduces his identity and they're talking about being a superhero, I, I thought maybe in this episode he was going to have some more reservations. We were going to see that come out of him. Maybe take a step back. Maybe open up to, to Amber, too, saying, hey, you know, I'm in over my head. Sorry I haven't been here for you, and I'm going to take a step back because I don't even think I can handle this right now. And something else drives him back in it. But uh, something I was frustrated by, it's it's a trope that goes back to comics and superhero cartoons. The girlfriend who's very brilliant, very smart, but has can't put the pieces together that her boyfriend is obviously the superhero that just fucking appeared while your boyfriend disappeared. In the moment, it pissed me off because I'm like, how long are they going to drag this out? But I guess it is a trope that they're playing with. They're, they are in high school. <laughs> but like, how the fuck does she not know at this point? <laughs> like, where did you go? <laughs> it's classic. Yeah, she probably just like Mark is just a fucking coward. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what she said. She's like, you just fucking ran yeah. away. Well, you know. And then this guy that's your same height, same weight, same physique. I guess it's a Superman effect, right? Like, obviously, Clark Kent is Superman. He just has glasses on. No, the glasses thing work. You think so? Yeah, yeah, because Facebook proved that. Where uh, if you put on glasses, the algorithm doesn't realize that. Would you like to be tagged in this picture? <laughs> Would you like to tag so-and-so? My iPhone knows when I wear glasses, okay? <laughs> Well, I guess that's 2009 Superman was in the clear. 2021 yeah. Superman's fucking screwed. Doesn't know when I wear a mask, though. Doesn't recognize me. Batman's still set. Yeah. Although he's not covering the mouth and nose. Fucking mm. asshole. Yeah, that's true. Fucking getting COVID all over the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I really hope that there's a conversation next episode like, hey, I'm invincible. That's or, hey, I'm un- title screen. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's probably what's going to happen. to make you. Right, yeah. Truly. <laughs> And you see with Mark, you know, he's he's trying to do the, the typical fighting the bad guys, and he keeps failing. And you have a character like Adam Eve who says, I'm going to use my powers to, to help out with natural disasters and help with agriculture. Things that people need help with yeah. <laughs> that I can that I can be of use. I liked um, her ending at this episode. She finally she seemed like she knows what she wants and what she's doing, and she's, like, comfortable with that. Her house is very cozy. Oh, the yeah. The house that she made in the tree. I mean... I didn't see any, like, insect... Repellent? Yeah, or, like, you know how you have those little screens? It seems, like, very very buggy. Yeah, I, I feel like she can just transform the bugs into something else, right? Just turn them into hamburgers. She can do that. She can change the molecular structure. That's not really environmentalist, though. <laughs> yeah, that is true. No, right. she probably just is one with the bugs then, like some fucking bug lady freak. 
Ugh. Yeah, now I don't like that home. <laughs> now I want you back in the big city. <laughs> yeah, and her parents, you know, clearly upset. And uh, like I said, the dad is, he's he's got some relic ideals when it comes to parenting. But it almost makes sense that people would go backwards when it comes to parenting when you introduce the world to superheroes. You know, that type of responsibility and, and how how violent and crazy this world can be at times. That you don't want your kid embracing that. But she continues to be a, a an interesting secondary character. Yeah, definitely. And I think another interesting Secondary character is Robot. How is Black Samson alive? It looks like that might be a power or a technology. Because something happened with his suit, right? Yeah. Where where something like those shock waves, energy waves. But I'm pretty sure his head got bashed in. Right. No, he. that's what one of my friends was saying. There's no way he he's alive, right, after that fight? Just from it, that one hit. I thought he was dead. Yeah. No, he's alive. Yeah. And that, that's something that this show, yeah, if you take those hits, maybe that is part of his power, where he can take those hits because he's got that juice coming. He's got that recovery. <laughs> I don't recovery know. Recovery shit. But, uh, um, but yeah, no, Robot was all... That's another stupid thing that I didn't like, when the scientists are like, get a, get him out of here. What do you mean? He's a fucking robot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cocky doctors. Yeah, fucking doctors, man. I was pulling the gats out on him. Um, but yeah, he gets all those, those different items, those magical items to, to help her recover. Strange physiology, man. I do appreciate, I, I like that in superhero movies, like when they tried to put the needle in Thor, in mm-hmm. Thor 1, and just broke. Yeah. It's like, what, what the fuck did we even do for this? Um, but yeah, that continues to be a very fascinating little subplot here. Yeah. I, the relationship with Monster Girl, it's, it's intriguing. Um, I think I kind of... Like, the way I looked at it in previous episodes, and I think this episode, too, is that, like, he relates the most to her because she's kind of, she really doesn't have a place in society because she can't live a normal life. Not only does she turn into, like, a 10-foot-tall monster, but she ages backwards. So mentally, she's, like, 24, but physically, she's, what, 13? Mm -hmm. And, you know, imagine, I think she even talked about it. Like, I can't even have, like, a regular relationship. And catch a case. Yeah. So I think, (laughs) and in Robot's eyes, like, he's not human either. And, like, so they're both kind of outcasts. They can't be, like, the superhero. They can't have, like, the same superhero life as, like, Rex. He's just a superhero loving life because that's just who he is, and that's and he's able to be both. Right. Yeah, they don't really have a choice. Mm-hmm. The way that they're built, they just have to be heroes 24-7. Mm-hmm. Um, and you still wonder what he's he's trying to do with the, the Mauler twins. Uh, they're creating a clone for him, and they get some insurance here where they have those two kids uh, dig up that. <laughs> I think his name is Immortal. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. Then we see that in episode, what was it, episode two or three, it was the cold opening when another Walton Goggins, no, a Clancy Brown voice character, resurrects a, some sort of spirit. That, there's so many fucking subplots that uh, like they introduce, mm-hmm. and I think they're going to come back to them, but they set them aside. Well, you've got the alien. That the came alien out. invasion. Yeah. <laughs> Wiped out the entire population of Mars. I st- that, that image is like burned in my head of all of them forming together, going to kill the Martian. Uh, so yeah, there are a lot of like Teddy said. Teddy was freaking out about this the other day. He's like, "There's dude, twelve storylines. I can't follow it." You're freaking out, Teddy, man. We assume there's gonna be multiple seasons, so there's time to kind of go back to those. Oh yeah, but... yeah, no, definitely. 
it's, it's season one story is more I, I think it ends with the family confrontation with uh-huh. what Omni Man did. But no, that's I'm I'm just excited because they they are setting up so many things. Too many things, maybe. But you gotta. You no, I think they've done a good job of it. I like because usually it it kind of has like a like new adventure of the week feel. To yeah, it, it does. But the adventure's going to come back eventually, right? Which I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not as well put together as like a Game of Thrones where all the plots are interconnected and shit like that. Maybe they are, and it doesn't have to be. But I like how the the world exists outside of our main characters, where there are things happening not on screen that are going to come on screen eventually and cause major issues for yeah. these characters. Yeah, it's interesting to see like when they like what they choose to revisit first and how they intertwine it into the story that's happening and kind of how seeing all that play out because yeah, I I forgot about that too when he summons like the spirit and like that Indiana Jones type yeah. scene. Um just a cold opening and they never haven't touched on it since. Yeah. So Shit's lurking. Shit's lurking all over, man. Yeah, one of the kids we've seen before, that's the kid of the security guard at the White House, John Hamm's character. John Hamm's son, yeah. I wasn't, like, I'm surprised he's not in it more. Like, John Hamm, that's a big get. Yeah, the cast, uh, the, the celebrities, just, <laughs> it's pretty stacked. Yeah, they uh, pop the, in, do their thing, and yeah, we don't really see them besides the main cast. Um, like, I think uh, Mahershala Ali as Titan was such a great casting, and once again, it's... It's another story. A story that's it, it's wrapped up, but you imagine that he has more to do, mm-hmm. and that he's definitely a character that they'll they'll bring back in the fold. It, the whole season kind of just feels like an introduction to all the different corners of the universe and how things are going to go moving forward. That's what's also very interesting is that apparently the comic is long as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we may be in for invincible reviews for the next ten years. Yeah, I wonder what their approach is to adapting the comics. We've seen, obviously, with the Marvel movies and DC movies is they take bits and pieces, but they ultimately make their own story with those pieces. I'm not sure if this is, like, sticking 100% to them or are they implementing just different things from different variations and different um, parts of the comics and kind of putting them all together in this season and taking what they want, and that's what we're seeing. I guess someone who read the comics would know better than I did. (laughs) Yeah, I think that I've heard from some... People who have read the comics, that things have been changed. Okay. And I think it's it's more of the comic coming out almost 20 years ago, so I guess you have to maybe adjust some things based on where the world is. Yeah. Um, but once again, I mean, I say it all the time. You can read a comic, and you can almost visualize in your head the best way to adapt this in live action. You know, cut that, keep that, change that around. Um, and it, it seems like they've done a pretty good job because people seem to be enjoying it. It'd be interesting. Um, comment below if you've read the Invincible comic. You know, what do you think so far of this adaptation? Would you say it's, you know, faithful enough or good enough? It's always interesting to get those those takes. Um, but I've liked it. Yeah, <laughs> I've really liked it so far. It just continues to get better. It's it's always good when a uh, I'm not ranking the episodes because I've just enjoyed all of them pretty much the same. There's no like episode that really sticks out. There are more moments, like the epi- ending of episode one, I guess by default. It's almost like we got the Ned Stark head execution in yeah, episode right. one. Yeah. And it's like we're just building backwards from that. Yeah, there's been a lot of great moments and a lot of great fights, but I still think the strongest part so far, and I think in this episode, was the are the characters. And... They don't lose sight of that. Without a doubt. I would definitely agree with that. And uh, looking forward to episode seven. I know some people got some early access to it, and apparently it's it's being called the best episode of the season. Uh, no early access for us because nerd soup rhymes with bird poop. <laughs>
<laughs> we'll see you next week, guys. What the fuck? <laughs> Did that just come out of just that just came to you? Well, would you look at that? It's finally over. Hey guys, Bo Oliver here for one final send-off. Now, before I beg you guys to like and share this video, I'd like to thank our very special Patreon pledgers. We are very proud of the community we've been able to build here at NerdTube, and it would not have been possible without our Patreon supporters. You guys are the true MVPs of this channel. Everything I've said, you keep the fridge full, you keep the lights on. There aren't enough words to thank you guys, but we'll do it anyway. Thank you. And we have a few videos coming up that have been suggested to us by Patreon pledgers. My Hero Academia, Neon Genesis Evangelion, and Full Metal Alchemist will be reviewed by Marissa, and yours truly, and Castlevania, which will be reviewed by Marissa and Aaron. And if you'd like to consider donating to our Patreon page, you can visit patreon.com slash nerdsoup and check out some of the rewards we offer to our listeners. And really, we'd like to thank everyone who takes the time out of their day to watch our videos. Patreon pledge or not, your support is what keeps us motivated to keep giving the world our opinions on movies and TV shows and video games and pop culture, even though no one asked for it. We're still here, we're still yapping, and we hope you continue to join us. I'm Bo Oliver and I support this message.